What, what I like about the series, we haven't gone chronologically through the book of Daniel, but what's great about it is most of the time when people study Daniel, it's usually for the prophetic side of, of Scripture, looking at prophecy, and I'm glad we kind of looked at his life and the application of his life towards what we can do today. It's been kind of exciting. So today we're in Daniel chapter 3, and we're going to look at verses 16 through 18. You can follow along with me. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter. If this be so, our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace, and he will deliver us out of your hand, O king. But if not, be it known to you, O king, that we will not serve your gods or worship the golden image that you have set up. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we thank you for today. We thank you, Lord, for just bringing us together on this beautiful day as we look and see the glory of nature, how it declares your glory. And we ask, Lord, that you would just beat with us now as Pastor Jason comes and brings us the message. And we ask, Lord, that you would just anoint his words and his thoughts. And Lord, we ask you, Lord, to guide our hearts and thoughts, keep away the distractions of the world that we may focus on the truth as we conclude this series, Lord, that we would just look at it in a way that you can just stir our hearts, Lord, to give you glory with our lives. And I pray this in your precious name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Good morning. Good morning. Good to be back. And I was going to, I was going to say thank you um, for not, um, uh, I'm trying to find the appropriate term without being inappropriate in church, but um, thank you for being gracious and not handing me a connection card when I came in today. I was going to say that, but then might ruin that, and then I was going to say, Chris gave me one, so you can, uh, you know, I'll put a screwdriver in his tires on the way out of church today. <laughs> um, I do want to thank uh, Mike and uh, Ben for uh, filling the pulpit in my absence, and I want to thank Mike, John, and Clint just for um, overseeing our church, you know, in the last month, and uh, I'm, uh, to me, I'm just in- incredibly impressed. You know, every week that um, we were gone, the attendance went up, Right. I'm, just, I'm being honest with you. I mean, it went up every single week we were gone. And, um, you know, it just goes to show that the church is centered on Jesus Christ, not on one man, not on one family, and not on one person. And uh, I think we ought to give all of our pastors a round of applause and just show our appreciation to their effort and to their work. The, <laughs> the funny thing is this week, uh, part, of, uh, part of me coming back this week, we, uh, our, our staff, all of us, myself, Mike, John, Clint, and Amy, uh, we did, uh, if you're familiar with the DISC personality profile, uh, some of you are familiar with that, finding out like uh, your personality and your weaknesses and your strengths. And, and we did that this week as a staff, and we met for like three hours with someone that came in and do, was doing some coaching with us. Mike came back, and he was about the only normal one out of our entire staff. Uh, now, we say that because ultimately that's an age thing. As you get older, you should mature, amen, right? That's not a knock. That's not a knock. So chill out, chill out. 56 isn't old, but we just assume that as you get older, you mature. Now, here's the thing. The rest of us, we should all be like carnies, right? Amy and Clint especially and John, I mean myself, uh, we should be like the guys doing the pot bottle things at the carnies, you know, and selling funnel cakes. There's no way we should all be on church staff together. Um, And the fact that we do work together is an incredible example of God's grace. I'm totally teasing. Amy's laughing. I got her laughing today. But um, we did that this week, and we're just excited um, for the team that God has uh, assembled here in our church. I mean, it's kind of cool to see all that God is doing. 
and, and wow, VBS, like 276 kids at VBS and over 200, yeah, man. Oh, I, I think it was like 15 or 20 young people put their faith in Jesus Christ, and we had over 20, uh, uh, we had 15 families that visited our church for the first time last week. Uh, some of you, I think, are back today. Um, several are, said they're going to be back. It's a holiday weekend, obviously, uh, this week, and so um, I praise God for that, and and uh, I, I just believe, and I wrote this in my notes today, I think the future is bright for our church, amen? amen. And uh, Mike and I were just talking this morning and even this week about what God is up to. And, you know, God's at work. We just need to figure out what he's doing and jump on board with, with the way God is moving. And so um, we're excited. We're talking about the modular is going to be done here, uh, hopefully before the fall. Uh, we're praying about, we're going to be talking to some of our leaders about um, getting the parking lot done. Uh, maybe this fall, and we're praying about that. We were talking about, man, if we continue to grow, we need space, right, amen? And uh, we want to be considering and thinking about when we might need to build again and what's next for us as a church and as a ministry. And there's a lot of great things that are happening, and I just hope that you pause for a minute and appreciate that. And uh, I've been in uh, churches over the last four weeks, and, uh, um, I, and I miss being here. You know, I miss being in our church. Uh, some of you are smiling and grinning. My wife and I, we went to uh, First Baptist Church of Orlando one week, and we uh, went to the 830 service, and that's the early service, and I think it was their traditional service, and um, we, as we were walking out, Brianna's like, man, there's a bunch of old people here, <laughs> and April's like, well, they've been up since 430, but be quiet, you shouldn't say that, it's not polite, <laughs> and then we got out of church, and we're like, man, what do we do, it's like 930, you know, <laughs> and um, I mean, so don't expect to get out in an hour and five minutes today, but you know, I've been gone for a month, so I got some things that need to be said, so amen. <laughs> We're in Daniel chapter 3, verse 16, and we're talking about standing in the fire. And the reality is, is that trials are never easy. In fact, when you think about difficulties and hardship, they're, they're typically unexpected. You know what I'm saying? Like, you never just expect, like, your bank account to reverse and you not have any money and not be able to pay the bills that you have uh, that are forthcoming. You don't expect to have a relationship that you're involved in, whether it's in a marriage or a friendship, for that to just to be broken or for you to experience hurt or betrayal or a trial. Um, we just never, we never expect it. In fact, we just, we don't see it coming, even though we're either in a trial, coming out of a trial, or about to go into a trial. That's, that's the season and that's the rhythm of life, right? But we never expect it. And the reality is, is that trials and difficulties, they're not easy, but they provide an incredible potential for our faith to grow. You see, trials create this opportunity for us to experience, and we're going to see this in the text today, they create an experience for you and me to experience the power and the presence of God, which is, which is far greater than the deliverance that we think that we need to experience in order to have joy in our life. Because our joy isn't dependent on the deliverance, our joy is dependent on the power and the presence of God being with us in the midst of of our fiery trial or our difficult season that we're going through. Peter said it this way, so that the genuineness of your faith, that it might be more valuable than gold, which perishes, though refined by fire, may result in the praise and glory and honor at the revelation or at the coming of Jesus Christ. Warren Wiersbe said, the devil tempts us to destroy our faith, but God um, tests us to develop our faith because a faith that cannot be tested is a faith that cannot be trusted. In our passage today, we see King Nebuchadnezzar. He was the most powerful man in the known world at the time. He was the king of Babylon, and after conquering Judah, he ordered the capture of the best and the brightest. 
Daniel's three friends, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, were most likely, at this point in their life, they were young men, likely teenagers. Everything that they knew, everything that they loved, everything that they were familiar with as young men had been ripped from them. On top of that, this egotistical, self-centered king, King Nebuchadnezzar, makes a gold statue in Daniel chapter 3. You can go back and read the the previous verses today. But he makes a 90-foot, a 90-foot tall golden statue, 9 feet wide. I don't know, maybe he was overcompensating for, for some insecurities he was dealing with. But every government leader and every advisor, judge, and magistrate were supposed to come to a dedication that was set up for them to bow down to this 90-foot, nine, uh, 90-foot tall, 90-foot wide uh, statue that was built in honor of this king. Everyone was bowing low except for these three young men. These three young men decided they were going to obey God and stand tall no matter what the consequences were. And you know, sometimes when we're in a trial, we're tempted to compromise, aren't we? Sometimes when we're in a trial, we're tempted to disobey God. Sometimes when we're in a trial, we're tempted to find relief rather than run to the Redeemer for rescue. These young men, in their faith in the promises of God, decided to stand tall and have a good testimony. For you this morning, it might be a health issue. I was able to spend some time with my mom this week and um, this past uh, week and uh, when I was with her, uh, it's just sad. I mean, she's, you know, she's getting older. She's got to have a pacemaker put in next month. Her diabetes are all out of whack. Her blood pressure is going uh, uh, all, all wonky. And, and, and for hours at a time, she just has to go and take a nap and rest. And, 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 and as you get older, it just seems like your, your, your body just begins to, to shut down. And it just begins to, to not function the way that it did when you were in your 20s and in your 30s and maybe even in your 40s. And it just seems like, man, you know, I can't do what I used to do. And that, can't that be frustrating? Nobody wants to say amen because you, <laughs> you don't want to admit how old you are, right? But it can be. Um, and so it might be a health issue. It might be a broken relationship. It might be a betrayal, financial setback. But the reality is a right perspective can reveal the potential of your difficulty. What's your perspective on the trials that you're going through? What's the perspective on the situations and the difficulties and the obstacles that you're facing right now? Or better yet, maybe you're in a good season right now and everything is in a good place. Why not prepare right now to stand tall in the fire when those things do come? Because they are coming. But a right perspective reveals the potential. Often your setbacks are a setup for your faith to grow. God's word reveals this truth and we see that in the passage. You don't have to miss out on an opportunity to see your faith grow. So many of us do that. I've done that. Where God has me in a season of difficulty where I'm facing an obstacle or a hardship. And instead of resting in the promises of God and the steadfast faithfulness of God's commitment to me, I try to find a way out for myself. I try to, I try to complain about it or I try to fix it or I work harder or I, or I uh, pull up my bootstraps and I'm like, I'm going to fix this. When in reality, my ability and knowledge and resources and everything is so th- so limited compared to the matchless, sovereign power of a gracious, loving God. So prepare. Let's prepare for that today. Maybe there have been times you've walked in faith. Maybe there have been other times where you've walked in fear. I've been there. 
But my prayer this morning is that we move forward with a rock-solid confidence in our faithful God because He is able to deliver us from the fire when we stand in faith. So here's three qualities or three characteristics this morning, if you will, of someone who stands in the faith. Number one, faith obeys God instead of following man. Verse 16, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, uh, we have no need to answer you in this matter. They weren't being cocky. They weren't being arrogant. They were just being matter of fact. In fact, the, the phrase here, we have no need to answer you, means this. It means that we don't need to defend ourselves, and we do not need to defend our God, because God will defend both himself and us. God will defend both himself and us. And we try to find the justice in a situation. We try to find the fairness in a situation. And we often think that when we're going through a trial, that maybe we've done something wrong. And these young men had done nothing wrong. There was no secret sin in their life. They were simply facing a difficulty so that God could test their faith and so that they could stand for truth. That's it. They didn't do anything wrong. And oftentimes we begin to think that if we're going through a, a hardship or a trial or a difficulty, well, man, maybe I did something wrong. Maybe God's punishing me. Maybe God's testing me. No, maybe God's entrusting you with this moment to stand for his glory and for his honor. Maybe it's a stewardship opportunity, but these young men say, hey, look, we don't need to answer you. And I want to tell you this morning, when things in your life go sideways, you don't have to explain what God's will is. All you have to do is obey all you have to do. What does God want you to do in that moment? And I know for me and many times in my life where things go sideways for me is when I get, I get anxious and I get stressed out and I'm worried about well, what happens here and what happens here and, and if this does this and I'm going to do this and I'm trying to, trying to figure out, but you know what God's word says? My ways are not your ways and my thoughts are not, your, are, are not my thoughts. And the reality is, is all I can do and all that you can do is worry about what God's will is in that moment for that day. Just obey God in that moment for that day. And these young men, that's all they were going to do. What is great, they didn't need to defend themselves. They didn't have to explain everything. And here, faith rests on commands and promises, not on arguments and explanations. Faith, and please jot this down, it's so simple today. Faith simply obeys the commands of God when the outcome is uncertain. Faith just obeys the commands of God. Faith obeys. They didn't weigh the pros and cons. I do that. You know, here's the pros if I obey God. Here's the cons if I don't. They didn't do that. They didn't go out on Facebook and set out a poll and say, hey, what would you do in this situation? Would you bow? Would you not bow? Like, they weren't going to Twitter to, to, to figure out what was next. No, they didn't even have to pray. The reality is their plan, what they were going to do in this situation, no matter what the fallout or the uncertain uh, uh, future was going to be, they were simply just going to obey God. They were going to do what was right. Let me ask you this morning, have you ever missed an opportunity to stand for God because you were afraid of losing the approval of others? I mean, these young men were in a foreign country. They were teenagers. And how many teenagers do we know today that they fall, we talk about it, peer pressure all the time, right? Show me your friends and I'll show you your future, right? Show me your friends and I'll show you your, come on guys, man, I know it's July 1st, we got, you know, show me your friends and I'll show you your, right? That goes for adults too. Who you run with. Even as adult, adults can do dumb things, right? Amen? You start running with the wrong crowd, they can have an influence on your life in a, in a negative way and on your faith and on, on the trajectory of your life and the direction that it should be going. And so we need to surround ourselves by good people, but they didn't even have that option. 
And it would have been easy for them to rationalize and say, you know, we could just bow. No one's going to know if we don't bow. Or, or, or we could just kind of bow and cross our fingers, you know. Um, or, or they could have been like, hey, we're in Vegas. You know, what happens in Vegas? We're in Babylon. What happens in Babylon stays in Babylon. They could have done all of that, but instead they said, no, we're going to stand because one day we're going to stand before an almighty sovereign God, and we're going to have to give an account for the life that we lived, and that's more important to us than being comfortable in the situation. Galatians 1.10 says, For am I now trying to win the favor of people or of God? Or am I striving to, be, striving to please people? And if, I'm, if, I were still, uh, if I were still trying to please people, I would not be a slave of Christ. I wouldn't be a servant of Christ. In Proverbs 29.25, it says, The fear of man is a snare, but the one who trusts in the Lord is protected. I promise you, if you're committed to serving God, Satan will give you ample opportunities to compromise your commitment to God's word and God's ways. If you're committed to serving God, he's going to give you ample opportunities to compromise your faith. These young men had that opportunity to compromise their faith. But following God, please note this today, it doesn't always make sense. Doing what is right doesn't always make sense. Going hard after the things of God doesn't always make sense. But obeying his word can seem uncertain. But for those of us who follow Jesus Christ and for those of us who have a desire to, to honor God with our lives, commitment to obedience to God's word and God's will is never up for discussion. It's just not a discussion. And so faith obeys God instead of following man. But then we see faith believes in spite of what it sees. In verse 17, the Bible says, it says, hey, look, king, we don't need to answer you in this matter. In verse 17, it says, if this be so, if you're going to throw us in the fire, because that was the consequence. You either bow down, or we're going to take you, and we're going to throw you into a fiery furnace. I remember as a kid hearing that story. It's crazy. Like, who does that, right? I mean, it's like Saddam Hussein type stuff. We're just going to throw you in a fire and watch you burn, right? And, and that was the consequences. And here's what they say. If this is so, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning, fiery furnace. Hey, look, if you do this to us, I love you. God is able to deliver. But look at what they say next. But if he doesn't, if he doesn't deliver us out of your hand, O king, that's okay too. God might deliver us, but he might not deliver us. The crowd was superstitious, and they worshipped many gods and goddesses, so the command was an easy one for many of them to obey in the light of the consequences. But these young men, they had no idea what the outcome of this situation was going to be. They didn't know. If we stand, is the king really going to throw us in the fire? And if the king really throws us in the fire, are we really going to die? Is God going to deliver it? Is there going to be this miraculous, redemptive moment? Like, we don't know, but we know one thing. We're not going to bow to the statue that you've made of yourself because we worship the one and only true God. Amen. So that's who we're here to worship, not you. They believed and they trusted in a sovereign God whose authority and power is limitless and matchless. Who are you believing in today, right? I know oftentimes we put our faith in ourselves. We put our, our faith in our, our, our abilities. We put our faith in our ability to work things out and to fix things. And our abilities are so finite compared to the infinite and, and matchless grace of Almighty God. One writer said it this way. In fact, it was J.D. Greer in his book, uh, Not God Enough. He says, God will never answer all your questions before he calls you to follow him. If understanding is a prerequisite to belief, then you're never going to believe. And friends, I want to tell you today, sometimes God calls you into a season of uncertainty where he's going to test your faith to see if he can trust you with more. More blessing, more reward, more opportunity, 
more of Him, more joy. God will test your faith. And it's not to hurt you. It's to take you deeper with Him. And we're going to see that later in this passage. So these young men, they, they believed. They believed. They believed in God. They couldn't see God. They hadn't met God. But they had heard about God. They knew of Yahweh. They knew Him. So for these young men, the idea of disobeying God would have been worse to them than living a life that was disobedient and faithless. Like it would have been worse to them than if they would have bowed down and kept their life rather than if they would have said, you know what, we're going to stand and we may lose our life, but we know that it's more important for us to be true to God than to be safe from the fire. So if the fire is what it takes, then we're going to stand. That's how big God was to them. I want to ask you this morning, how big is your God? So often we look at our situations, and I remember that uh, the, old, the old saying, you know, don't tell, your, uh, don't tell God how big your mountain is, tell your mountain how big your God is, right? And it's just kind of like a Christian pithy quote, but there is some reality to that because sometimes we believe that our situation is so great and so insurmountable, and it's nothing to God. It's nothing. Because he is, he is almighty, he is sovereign, he is omniscient, he is, he, he is everything that we are not and more. And for these young men, they knew that. In their heart, they knew that, they believed that. And when we live by faith, it often feels irrational. But when you set your heart on God and you rest in his promises, the outcome is always powerful. These men, even though they didn't know how this was going to play out, were more concerned with living a life by faith than a God who was always faithful. That was, their, that was their heart. That was their desire. That's what it meant to be obedient, was that we are going to be faithful to God. It was more important for them to walk in, in faith for the God that they would one day stand and give an account of their life. Paul said, we, we walk by faith, not by sight. In Hebrews, it says, now faith is the reality of what is hoped for and the proof of what is not seen. For you this morning, it might, it might be a bad medical report, a broken relationship, a low bank account. But listen, if you've got it down, God is able to heal. Maybe you've got some, some, some disease. God can heal that. He can. He may not, but he can. You might be in a broken relationship. God can restore that. He might not, but he can. Your, your financial situation might have reversed. Listen, God can provide. God will often allow your life to be difficult. Write this down. God will allow my life to be kept difficult to deepen my faith. God's going to do that. God's going to do that. He's going he's to make your life difficult to deepen your faith. There's no other way for you and me to grow into the person that God has called us to be without the difficulties that we face in life. There's no other way for us to learn to trust God without the difficulties, without the hardship, without the, the trials in our life. And let me give you a couple nuggets this morning. Some of you wonder at times, man, like, why is God, why is God testing me? Why is God allowing me to go through this? And I mean, sometimes it gets fiery, doesn't it? Sometimes it gets stressful, and you're like, holy cow, man, I don't know what's going to happen here. I don't know, and it's scary, and it's so uncertain. And I imagine these young men had doubt. I don't, I don't want to read into Scripture, but three young men in a foreign country about to be thrown in a fire, I'm pretty sure that while they said some things in confidence in the back of their mind, they're like, it's a pretty hot fire. Do we really want to do this? I imagine there was some uncertainty there, but here's a couple of nuggets. Why, is God, why does God often test us? Two things to know, two things that you can know when you can't see the future. 
Number one, God will test your faith to show you where your faith is at. Do you realize that? Sometimes God's going to test your faith, and he's going to allow difficulty, and he's going to allow hardships and obstacles in your life to show you where your faith needs to grow. Because some of you, you have, like, this faith that's, that's, that's very shakable, and, and, and your anxiety and your stress and all these different things. Whenever something goes sideways, you, you, you lose your mind, right? And so sometimes God allows difficulty in your life so that you personally can see where your faith needs to grow. Sometimes th- when this happens to me, like I recognize it up front. Yeah, and you know, it's, I know I need to grow in this area. And sometimes I just don't care. And I just wallow in my self-pity. And I, I wallow in doubt. And I wallow in uncertainty. And I wallow, wallow, wallow. And then there's other times where I'm like, all right, God, I know. Where can I find some promises and truth in your word to rest my heart in while you work this thing out? Sometimes God just tests you to show you where your faith's at. But then he also tests your faith to show you what your faith is in. So, so God will test your faith to show you where your faith is at, but to show you what your faith is in. What are you actually putting your trust in? For some of you this morning, I mentioned it already, you put yourself, your, 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 your trust in yourself. Some of you put it in your spouse. Some of you put it in your parents. Or some of you put it in your job. Or some of you put it in your identity or in your, your, ability, your, your looks or your, your job or, or your finances. And you're like, man, as long as I got this nest egg, I'm okay. But what happens when that nest egg gets wiped out? What happens when... You think, man, I'm like super handsome, or I'm super, and I would hope that none of you think this about yourself, but you probably do. And then all of a sudden, you're running through the woods, and you get hit by a tree, and you lose your looks, and you're just haggardish for the rest of your life, right? You don't have your looks anymore, right? Or you just get old, right? Parker Daly, he's an old-time pastor. He goes, you know, I'm at the point in my life where when I get out of the shower, I'm so glad the mirror's fogged up so I don't have to look in the mirror. You know? What is your faith in? And I want to tell you something this morning. This world is changing at such a rapid pace. And the world that we live in today and the culture and the society that we want to live in today just says, hey, you know, you believe in what you believe in. I'll believe in what I believe in. And I just can't imagine living in a world where there is no hope, where there is no absolute truth. And for those of us who follow Jesus Christ and know that the word of God is true, that know that the word of God can be trusted, we can anchor our heart to something that never changes. We can follow something. We can, we can find the will of God from the word of God and know that this is the plan of God for our lives. We can rest in that. And while we, while we may not know all the details and we may not know how everything is going to play out in the uncertainty of the future, we know that there is a God who sits on a throne and there is nothing that surprises him. In Philippians 3.20, Paul says this. He says, look. Now to him it was able to do above and beyond all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. I know this, no matter what you face, and I'm thinking this morning, Mike and I are dreaming. We're just sitting here dreaming about what God has for our church in the future. And I'm just sitting here thinking today, and I'm like, man, how could we even get to this point? Because there were so many, and for some of you, sometimes the day is dark and life seems overwhelmingly difficult, but you can believe that God is able to deliver. God is able to deliver you have to ask yourself, are you willing to trust God with your life? Are you? I mean, it sounds so cliche. It just, can you trust God with your life? Well, yeah, okay. How about with your marriage? How about with your finances? I mean, I'm not, I'm not naive enough to think that everyone in our church tithes 10% on their income, but, but, but there's some of you who are like, man, you really want me to give 10% of my income back to God? Well, no, I don't. God does. 
Because it's not about you giving money to the church. It's about you trusting God with your life. I mean, I think about my kids, and I'm like, man, I, my kids are going to need lots of therapy when they grow up because I'm just like a messed up parent. You know, I, I, I do things to my kids that are weird, you know, just to have fun, right? Because I just feel like, you know, they're my kids, and I only get them for 18 years, and, um, you know, I just like doing mean things to them sometimes, you know, just to test them, you know, make sure they can make it in life one day. They're going to need lots of therapy, but you know what? I can't worry about, you know, ultimately the decisions they make, but I can trust God with their life. Because I know God loves them more than I love my kids. And we spent a month together, and, and uh, we had a good time for the most part. You know, I only held them out the window a couple times, you know. <laughs> but the reality is, is that with all these different things in our life, whether it's our job or our health or whatever it is, our, can, can, you, can you trust God with your life? You can. But do you? Because he is able to do more than you can ask or think. And then here's the last one. Faithful obedience is our responsibility. The outcome is God. In verse 18, it says, but, but if it not be, God may not deliver. But be it known to you, whether he delivers or not, O king, that we will not serve your gods or worship the golden image that you have set up. So faithful obedience is our responsibility. The, the, the outcome is God's. These men weren't concerned about the outcome. Please write that down. They weren't concerned about the outcome. They were concerned about obedience. And this is where I, 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 I get stressed out. This is where my anxiety flares up when I'm worried about the outcome of what's going to happen in my life rather than just obeying God in the moment. I'm going to tell, tell you that right now. And even since I've been back, my, my, there's a, a, a few moments where I just I could feel my anxiety, my tension just coming up, my depersonality was just coming out, and I'm like, I need to obey God in this moment and be anxious for nothing but by prayer and supplication. Let my request be made known unto God. And God, in this situation, I want you to work in this way, but if you don't, let me trust you. So God's more concerned with our obedience than he is with the outcome of the situation. Every obstacle is an opportunity for obedience when we don't know the outcome. This is ultimately what deepens our faith in God. I love this quote because it says, Faith means obeying God regardless of the feelings within us, the circumstances around us, or the consequences before us. Amen? That's what faith is. No matter how you feel, no matter what the, the, the potential consequences are, we just we walk by faith and not by walk by faith. If we'll do what's right before God, we can trust him with the results because, you know, uh, God is sovereign. God is providential. Now, for us, we read this story. It's no big deal because we know the end of the story. But these young men had no idea as to what the outcome was going to be. In fact, if you go and you read Daniel chapter 3, verses 24 and 25, the Bible says the king ordered the, the furnace seven times hotter. The strongest soldiers were to tie these three men up, and as they were throwing them into the fire. This is crazy, man. They're throwing them in the fire. The guys that were throwing these three young men in the fire, they burned up to a crisp. And then all of a sudden, look with me in verses 24, then the king, King Nebuchadnezzar was astonished. And he rose up in haste. Now, could you imagine this? They answered and said to the king, true, O king. And he answered, he says, I see four men abound walking in the midst of the fire, and they are not hurt. And the appearance of the fourth is like a son of the gods, or like the son of a pre-incarnate um, uh, uh, Christophany. Uh, that, what that means is it's a, pre, a pre-cross appearing of Jesus Christ. He showed up in the fire with these young men, and the Bible says that they came out of the fire and their clothes didn't even carry the smell of smoke. Man, I don't know about you, but I want to walk in that kind of faith. 
And the reality is, is I, I look at this story today, and I think about it, and it, it, on one hand, it could potentially discourage you and me, because I'm going to be honest with you, I don't have the faith of these young men. You know what I'm saying? I mean, some of these stories I read in the Bible, and I'm like, man, I'd love to be like Daniel, and I'd love to, you know, pray three times a day and, and, and be thrown in a lion's den and know that I wasn't going to be eaten by a lion, or if I was, I was okay with that, right? But I don't think I'm okay with that. Like, I'm just being honest with you. Uh, we were out in Colorado, and we were walking back to our hotel, Ellie and I, one night, and uh, right on the road of our, uh, the, the place where we were staying at, there was a moose. Like, I got a video of this moose, and he was probably about, from me to Andrew, a- Andrew, wave your hand so people know, about here to there. So I videotaped him. And then I, I said, Ellie, go, 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 go pet that moose. <laughs> I did. I told her, go pet the moose. I was like, you should ride the moose. Ride the moose. Was, and then I started thinking. I'm like, I don't think that's a good idea. I think moose are bad. I think moose will, like, chase you and stuff. Like, we need to get back to our room. So we go back to the hotel, and we told the concierge, like, hey, we saw this moose. She goes, I hope you didn't get too close. I was like, I was about 10 feet away. She goes, that's not good. <laughs> Why? Well, they're dangerous, and they'll charge at you. Like, well, she was eating, so I think we were okay. Like, I, I mean, when I got to thinking about it, I didn't want to tangle with a moose. I surely don't want to tangle with a lion, right? And we have these aspirations, like, I want my faith to be this way. And, I want my, and here's the reality. God doesn't want you to have a greater faith. He doesn't. He wants you to take the faith that you have and put it in him. That's it. Because I'm I'm probably not going to have the faith that these young men have, but I can have what faith I do have, and I can put it in a God that's bigger than me. That's what you can do. I look at this passage, and I see these young men, and, and I don't know where their faith was at. I don't know what their faith was in, but they had enough faith in this context and in this story to stand for Jesus. And what happens when they did that, God revealed his power. And often God reveals his power in many places. But you'll know his power and you'll know his presence in the fire. So what I want to do this morning is I want to encourage you. Because I know some of you this morning, like, your life is spinning out of control. Maybe it's a financial deal, maybe it's a health deal, maybe it's a relationship deal. Uh, maybe it's a work situation. Maybe it's a family issue. Maybe you've got kids that are just, you know, I, we saw Incredibles last night and the little demon baby that, like, turned into, <laughs> you know, if you've seen Incredibles, you know what I'm talking about. That kid was crazy, right? And maybe your kids are just acting crazy right now. And they're walking away from God. And you're just like, man, what am I going to do with this? And here's what I'm not going to tell you to do. Like, you know, um, have this great faith. Stand for God. No, I'm going to tell you this. Take what little faith you have and put it into God. Because while you and I are unfaithful, He is always faithful. While you and I can be schizophrenic, God is stable. While you and I have a tendency to doubt, we can depend on God. And so in your moment of uncertainty, in your moment of fear, like Thomas, take what little faith you have and put it in the one who is able to deliver. I want to pray with you this morning, and I just want to encourage you, because I know some of you, you're, you're afraid about what the future is going to be. And like I told you earlier, if you have a commitment to serving God, the devil's always going to give you opportunities to compromise. So I just want to pray with you this morning that you renew your commitment to obeying the Word of God, no matter, no matter what your fears are, 
no matter what the potential outcome is going to be, no matter how afraid that you might be that other people might find out or the approval of others, why, you know, all of that stuff, lay it on the altar this morning and say, God, at the end of the day, I simply just want to obey you. Because I know one day, standing before you and hearing the words, well done, good and faithful servant, are going to be far greater than the momentary pleasures of this world. Far greater. I was talking to someone today before church, and, and we were talking about this, and the Bible says that, that our afflictions, our afflictions that we face in this life, they pale into comparison that the glory that God has prepared for those who trust in Him. They pale. They pale in comparison. So I want to challenge you this morning to not have a greater faith in God, but to put your faith in God and stand with Him in this life. With every head bowed, every head closed, I want to just ask you this morning, how many of you are here today and you can say to me, Jason, I, I know what it means to be a follower of Jesus Christ. I put my faith and trust in Him. And um, I can lift my hand today and say that I am a follower of Jesus Christ. I know what it means to be a Christian. Would you lift your hand and let me see those? Okay. Now, how many of you this morning would say to me, I'm not really sure what it means to, to be a Christian. I don't know what it means to be a follower of Christ. And if I were to die today, I'm not sure that heaven's my home. I'm not sure that I'm forgiven of my sins, and I, I surely don't know that I that I'm that I'm right with God. Would you just lift your hand and let me pray for you this morning? Is there anyone that's like that? I see your hand this morning. Anyone else? Anyone? Okay, great. How many of you say to me this morning, Pastor? I am I am in a fire right now. I'm in a season of difficulty and hardship and turmoil, and my faith it just it. I want to put it in God, but it's very hard. Just lift your hand. Just be honest with God this morning. I see you. Yes, 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 yes. Anyone else? Yes, sir. I see your hand. Yes, sir. I see your hand. Pastor, pray for me. This I just want to pray for you this morning. I want to lift your name up to Jesus today. You say, man, I'm just struggling right now. Would you pray for me? Anyone? Lift your hand. Let me see it. Yeah, I see him. Amen. Pray and say, Pastor, I, I want to be obedient to God, even when it's hard even when people might not approve, even when people might not understand, even when it seems irrational, I want to be obedient to God. I want to obey Him. I want to stand in the faith. Would you just lift your hand today. I want to do that. I want to do that. Amen. With your heads bowed, your eyes closed, I want to ask you to stand to your feet this morning. In just a moment, John and the, the worship team are going to lead us in a, a moment of, of prayer and song. With heads bowed and eyes closed this morning, I want to encourage you I'm going to pray for you today, but I want to encourage you just to come and step out to the altar this morning, to these steps, lay your burden at the feet of Jesus Christ today. I want to encourage you to take what little faith that you have and put it in a God who loves you, a God who has infinite grace and infinite power, and, and, and is just longing for you and waiting for you to come and put your faith and trust in Him deep in your faith because when you when you find yourself in the fire and when you find yourself trusting God, it's then and only then that you'll experience the power and presence of that almighty God. Father, I pray for our church this morning and I would ask that Lord, for those that are hurting, those that are struggling, those that just are, are, are reeling to find joy in life, because of the hardship, because of the trials, and because of the difficulties that they are facing. God, I pray that they would stand in their faith and just obey you and follow your word and your will and your way for their life. 
that they would choose contentment and not complaining. That they would choose, Lord, to deepen their, their love for you, their trust in you, and their, 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 their hope in you as they immerse themselves in the word of God and surround themselves by people who are going to speak faith into their lives. Lord, for those this morning that said, you know, I want to stand for God. I want to have a commitment to God. Again, Lord, I just pray that we would all be growing in our faith. We'd all be committed to living out your word and and being a people, a church, Jackson Creek Fellowship, that we'd be a, a gathering of folks who are just simply committed to the word of God. We're just committed followers of Jesus Christ who love you, want to serve you, and bring honor and praise into your name. We ask these things.